1: Hello everyone, and welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I am joined by Sean Siegel, my co-host here on Road of His Overtime, also the co-host of the fantastic Stealing Bananas podcast. Sean, today we are going to have a, a fun show as we look into, some people talk about draft slots, which is the best, which is the worst. We have talked a little bit, I think, you know, maybe the 5-6 could be the, the nice spot sometimes in these drafts if you don't get one of those top picks but I do think when you get into seven, eight, it can be a little bit of a challenge as you miss out on that top tier of wide receivers and running backs. But today we are going to talk about the bad draft slot that might be a gift and the aggressive plan to overcome it and dominate tournaments. And often when we talk about zero RB as well, we talk about the opportunity at the back end of the draft to try and differentiate, to try and build that positional advantage. So we're going to talk through it today as well, and we're going to see, and it is going to be based off your recent Apex Experts League where you did draft from the 111 so obviously a, a challenging group that you're you're drafting with there in a, in a very challenging format yeah so mike brody does the
2: apex leagues a really fun format he does a cool job with this experts league as well you got mike clay matt Harmon, jj sigmund bloom rich pat graham barfield ian denny and Evan Silva. So it's not a, only are those guys it's very bright, group. but... Yeah, it's a challenging group, but they're, they're a lot of fun. Really enjoy all of those people. So had a good time with that. One of the things when you are drafting is that type of group is that you're not necessarily wanting to draw the 111, but that also made it a perfect format and draft to kind of go through our annual draft plan when you get a bad draft slot. You mentioned how people are looking at the draft slots this season and that there is either a top four or a top five or a top six, depending on who you listen to, but definitely after six, there's something of a tier break once Austin Eckler and or Jamar Chase, depending on who you have in that sixth spot. Once that guy is gone, then you do seem to have a very different draft for anyone who has the 107 to the 112. And that fits with the results that we have from 2017 to 2020. We have a variety of ways to look at this in the best ball win rate explorers. I picked the ball because it's a little bit more neutral. The 101 has actually been terrible because those guys have always been getting hurt. But then the 102 to the 107, very good win rates. They'll start to slide around 108. And by the time you get down to 111, 112, I mean, you are really swimming upstream, right? You're In a terrible situation, you're chasing so many points. And so much of what we look at with Zero RB throughout the years has been kind of predicated on this idea of okay, well, it may not be ideal, but don't chase points if you get stuck in those situations. The interesting thing was that 2021 was very, very different, right? And it just it seemed like drafters who had a shot at not only Christian McCaffrey, but these elite wide receivers who would come back to the 212 and the 301, that those teams had such an advantage in tournaments that they were going to destroy everybody but then that's not at all what happened actually the four best win rates were from 109 to 112 and we had some players in that range with just crazy win rates now Jonathan Taylor i mean his average adp uh, sort of fluctuated throughout the year if you're talking about the entire off season it was actually above that range if you're talking about late in the off season or late in the drafting season he was actually falling into the second round pretty frequently But you have guys like Taylor, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and Austin Eckler, another player who really jumped around from late second to mid first. But those guys with elite win rates, Colin, before we get any deeper, what are your thoughts on how fluky that is and kind of this contrast between the two running backs with big win rates and Jonathan Taylor? They're more or less the one hundred and one and the one hundred and six versus Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, who, if anything, have fallen because they were traded to different teams.
1: I don't know if it's fluky, but part of it is, is the injuries that happened to those guys that went early in the the drafts in twenty twenty one, and then how explosive the guys who went in the early or late first, early second also helped booster those teams. So when we look then at Jonathan Taylor, for example, you mentioned. Where he was going by ADP was you know kind of between the 9 and the 10 but there was a period where he was going kind of in the 14th spot so I do think that that is a part of it I also think that people are reacting to that situation of where he is this year you mentioned Hill and Adams and I think that changing teams is obviously a concern we've looked in the past about teams changing or players changing teams and how they have sometimes struggled one of the ones that recently went pretty well when changing teams was DeAndre Hopkins when he went to Arizona so I think we're hoping that Helen Adams are on that trajectory this year with where they are going in drafts but they're also more age and wide receivers and I think that's where they're slipping down in ADP you do reflect in this article Sean that the team that we actually had last year was at the 111 that had completely slipped my mind that is the team that came in second place in the FFPC tournament but I do think part of it and the the win rates from last year are going to be down to the the injuries that also happened you know derrick henry's one rich would have been significantly different if he stays healthy and that obviously then boosters those later draft slots um and, and their one rich overall yeah i think that's a very good
2: summation of what happened i think that our team was the 112 i think that the team that blair and i had that finished 31st in the main event in 2020 was the one twelve, and one of the kind of cool things here, column, and a little bit of this again is fluky. Uh, we'd like to mention because I don't want any listeners to think that you follow what we say and you're automatically going to win. I mean, you're probably not thinking that, but just to make sure, a lot of these really good results are the combination of taking the evidence and taking these strategies executing them properly, and then being fortunate in some situations. But the cool thing I I think here is that there's a pretty clear disadvantage most of the time to not having a good draft slot. And yet the draft plans from the back, say, third, that 109 to 112 range over the last couple of years, those teams have hit in such a big way that they finished near the top of tournaments. And that's kind of fun because it does lend credence to what the tools are telling us, which is that there are some exploitable opportunities here. And so what we've done in this exercise in the past, and what I do in this exercise in 2022, is to look at what a couple of tools are telling us in terms of likely scoring levels. So we have the range of outcomes tool, which is using historical matches for players to give a sense of what that production profile usually does the following season. And then we have the win the flex tool, which gives us in Applied points by adp again using historical outcomes from 2017 to 2021 to give a feel for what running backs or wide receivers who are drafted in this particular range what should we be expecting scoring wise and is that exploitable well in 2020 when blair and i went hardcore zero rb and it's one of the more extreme builds that we've done we didn't draft a running back until round 11 the advantage for wide receivers over running backs both in terms of what the ROO, and the Win the Flex were telling us, that advantage was gigantic. And you were getting players like Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones. And the contrast was that if you were going to be drafting running backs, you're getting guys like Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs and Joe Mixon. Now, Nick Chubb, obviously a very, very good player, but he has that limitation in fantasy that continues to manifest itself and at this rate basically being exactly the same guy he's fallen into the mid-third so that's how much fantasy has gotten sharper just in the last couple of years joe mixon obviously still hanging out kind of in that range josh jacobs has fallen into the fifth sixth seventh round just depending on where you're drafting even though in many ways his thesis is the same but for a lot of these guys when they're going into year two whether it's a wide receiver or a running back. One of the reasons you get drafted up there is the potential. And as soon as a player is merely good and not great, they're gonna fall off. That's one of the reasons why we recommend continuing to perpetually reload in Dynasty. You're gonna get a little bit of that jump, but you're gonna avoid all of the collapses when we look at how the expectations the players have and the expectation levels that you actually have to hit or else you're going to fall those change as we go through right so 2020 it was very very wide receiver heavy we jump forward a couple of years to 2022 and we see the receivers still have an advantage especially guys like DeVonte Adams and Tyreek Hill you're going to get decent prices on CD Lamb and certainly T Higgins at the back end you're getting decent prices on Debo Samuel. But obviously with Samuel, one of the things we've talked about is that Ayuk now is probably the way to play that offense. The contrast is that there are actually some running backs in this range that can hang with those players. So Derek Henry, someone who has very good numbers in terms of the implied points, in terms of the range of outcomes points. He falls from time to time. Najee Harris, a back who will occasionally fall into the early to mid-second even in events like the FFPC main event. You've got Joe Mixon looking solid there, Dalvin Cook looking solid there. You have Alvin Kamara kind of dodging the suspension it looks like, and he looks solid there. And then, Colin, the other question that we have is, does an elite talent that maybe the numbers are not going to properly encapsulate is there a guy like that also sitting in that range that was one of the things that we looked at last year and one of the reasons that we took jonathan taylor right and again mostly what we're trying to do here is to not chase running back points to make sure we get this big wide receiver advantage but if you have a jonathan taylor then you want to take that shot this year the guy is probably saquon barkley and one of the reasons that the numbers don't really support it is that he hasn't played that well recently, and he's missed a lot of time over the last couple of years. It's difficult to come back from that, even when you're still fairly young. But the reason that Barkley has risen from the mid-third to the 1-2 turn in the last three weeks is that a lot of those questions about health appear to be getting answered in a very positive way. The usage also seems to be very positive in terms of how the Giants are going to run their offense. So, one of the big takeaways this season from the exercise is that yes, you've got some great wide receiver options, but maintaining flexibility is something that we want to keep in mind. My draft was CeeDee Lamb at the 111, Devontae Adams at the 201. Colin, walk me through what you would have done if you're drafting here at the 111 or sort of anywhere in this range, kind of at the end of drafts. What do you like? What are your concerns? How do you think you should play this?
1: I think what you did with Lamb and Adams is a fair way to approach it. One of the advantages, this is obviously a one-off league where you're not going to get to do it in repetitive volume, but I have started quite a few drafts recently when I was in the U.S. Actually, I was able to get myself my underdog account, use the promo code ROTOVIS to get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100. And I um, was able to start some of those from the 112, and I was starting with Saquon Barkley and DeAndre Swift. So I was going to ask you is, Barclay another option or, or Swift sorry another option to slot in there with Barclay in terms of those potential outcomes in this draft you take CeeDee Lamb then it's Dalvin Cook then it's Travis Kelsey Devontae Adams Debo Samuel Alvin Kamara and then Saquon Barkley, another player who's had a, a rise over the last couple of weeks is Kamara with the likelihood of him being suspended seeming to be lower then directly after that is DeAndre Swift I have been very tempted even sometimes at the 111 to take Barclay or Swift in a, a couple of those drafts I think that from draft to draft that's going to vary, but I do think the value for me sometimes now at the back end of that first round into the early second round is to double up on those running backs and to try and hit those wide receivers then from kind of round three through maybe nine and uh, build a team that way. So I think that both... I realistically think that Swift probably should be going at the maybe 105, 106. I think in terms of running backs, him and Barkley I think are right there with um, Austin Eckler who you know, it tends to be going a little bit higher and these drafts went off the board at the 104 in this particular format. I don't know if that feels too aggressive for you, Sean, with Saquon Barkley being in the third round, it feels like maybe the 1-2 the turn is, is already aggressive. But do you think that's a bit of a step? And When, when we talked earlier this offseason, we talked about would the first round go back to being a running back heavy round directly after the season or would we see running backs and wide receivers kind of split that? It has been pretty split so far, but I still feel like there's a, a gap in the running backs that are going in the second round, and I think that both Swift and Barkley should be should be first-round running backs at this point. I think that they both should be going over Najee Harris, for example. Both should be going consistently over Joe Mixon. You do see some of those guys sprinkled in there. Do you think that's too aggressive for those running backs? And Had you any thoughts of, you know, you talked him in to go with Barkley and his potential range of outcomes this year. Had you thought of taking him over...
2: And I think that there are some subtle but key differences between this type of format where it's full PPR and underdog where you have the half PPR, what you're looking for in terms of the scoring levels from the players that you need to be ultra elite. Now, Connor has done some really cool articles looking at the influence of the 2 three, one format and underdog contrasted with the 2-2-2 two, 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 format in ffpc obviously that's running back wide receiver flex in terms of what you have to slash get to start in the apex here we have two three one but in a full ppr this one very much leans in the direction of being wide receiver that i think you want to emphasize early you want to take advantage of those extra implied points and you're going to get the benefit of that as you win the race to the flex. And you're also going to get the benefit of not getting hit by that wide receiver avalanche. One of the things that we saw in the ship chasing uh, main event, the chasing stolen bananas team that I drafted with Ben, Pat, and Pete is that even in the FFPC main event, now you're getting some of these wide receiver avalanche drafts that you have to look out for. In this particular draft, after the first two rounds, rounds three through seven were just crazy in terms of how wide receiver heavy they were. You don't want to get sort of out of position as it relates to that. But Swift and Barkley, uh, the upside there is so extreme that in the most recent draft that I started with Connor and underdog a slow draft, you know, we had the 112. You're not necessarily hoping to start with the 112, but I, I enjoy having the two picks back to back. I think most people do, even though, you know, big picture, it probably doesn't give you the best win rates. It probably doesn't give you the best flexibility. It doesn't give you the best chance to, grab values because at least one of the two guys that you're getting there i mean to have two big values fall to you at the turn and be able to grab them both you know that's not going to happen that often but we started barkley swift i think that's a perfect beginning for that format and gives you a lot of flexibility then for that 18 rounds and how you want to build out a hyper fragile draft both connor and i have some really cool examples of how to do that on the site using the rce McCollum, I'm I'm excited to hear that you have Swift that high. You did tease a couple days ago the show that Ben and I did looking at the 2023 first round, and I don't think it's a surprise to anybody. We did have DeAndre Swift in that first round. Listeners will have to kind of jump over there. It is out and available to see just how high we had him the scoring upside in Detroit this season I think is still underappreciated. The Detroit Lions are going to be a very good offense.
1: Yeah I think they're going to be a lot better than people are expecting. That's one of the things with some of the YouTube videos that I find some of the feedback on say for example the Atlanta Falcons and Kyle Pitts or the, you know DeAndre Swift or TJ Hawkinson is these offenses are bad and they're not going to put up points. somewhere with Seattle for example these offenses are going to score points and it might be in garbage time but you want to have those guys on your roster when they're putting up those points and I remember Sean last off season we were talking about Taylor and it was quite early in the process, but we were just kind of settled on he should probably be like, you know, the one oh six at that point and he continued to be an early second round pick for quite some time. It feels to me like Barkley and Swift are, are that way this year and they just don't feel you know, when you look at the running backs in the second round, they don't feel the same as those other guys. So I, I've mentioned this on a few shows. It's not that I don't like running backs. There's certain running backs that I do like. I was talking to people when I was over in the U.S. and that I had recently been touting drafting Derrick Henry. Uh, so uh, I, there is running backs that you, you will get me to draft, and we'll have uh, some fun with that over the, the coming weeks. But Saquon Barkley looks to be in fantastic condition, and I know, obviously, you come back into camp, but I don't mean by conditioning as in that he looks, you know, but he has a six-pack. I mean that he actually is moving about on the, the field and, and looks to be doing everything as fluid as he was in that rookie season. So, look, these guys, if we if, if they're healthy and they're playing well, I think it's just so good for the NFL, so good for fantasy football, and we want to see the best players playing at 100%, and I'm hoping that's the case here for Saquon Barkley this season. Sean, something else I want to touch on in this article, and we might bounce back to some other stuff in a second, is the... Being aggressive with a wide receiver wide receiver start if you are doing an extreme zero rb build you do note two things in it the questions that you get is what's wrong with my zero rb team and the other question is when you draft a roster or i draft a roster and we posted on social media it is why are you drafting so many wide receivers that that first question will answer <laughs> the second question is you're not drafting enough wide receivers so it also links in that to an article that you did, I believe, in 2020, which is struggling with 0RB. You're probably not drafting enough wide receivers. We see examples of this time and time again. I see people tw- tweeting their 0RB rosters. I seen one when we were in Ohio that said 0RB done correctly, At to which point we decided that we would dissect the roster as much as we could. But um, I do think that you have to be aggressive with this approach. You've been dealt a a less advantageous hand when you get that spot at the back of the draft, and you mentioned it already, but not chasing the the kind of, oh, everyone else has got that wide, or running back at this point and taking just a suboptimal option at the end, but really trying to get the advantage at a different position. But when we are looking at these spots, Sean, I guess the key thing is you touched on the win rates from 2021 and prior to that how are you feeling about the potential win rates here in, in 2022 based on, on what we kind of discussed a little bit earlier? There is options that, you know, you you mentioned in this, you've taken Lamb and you've taken Adams, both still very high-end options. Sometimes you might get a Stephon Diggs there, Debo Samuel, lots of different options that are available in those positions at the wide receiver. The tricky part is sometimes drafting those guys is they don't feel all that different sometimes to the wide receiver options that are maybe available at the two three turns so that feels like a disadvantage but how are you feeling with those rosters and how they're turning out from the the back end of draft so far this year i feel pretty good about that part of it
2: and one of the points that i made specifically about this format and one of the reasons i mean we love mike and so we definitely want to promote his product which is very good but i also like talking about apex because i think that the format that they're playing is so similar to what so many listeners are playing it's that popular and neutral type of format and so you can really take what you're seeing in this and use it to help prepare for your own league and in this format one of the cool things as we talked about there's this top six and then there's everybody else but in this format there's also a top six in the second round right so this draft goes travis kelsey Devontae adams debo samuel alvin Kamara, saquon barkley deandre swift through the first six And then for me, and it's not going to be for everybody, but then for me, there's a tear break and you have Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Michael Pittman, Mike Evans and Javante Williams. Now, these guys are still second round picks, so (laughs) there's no world in which they couldn't hit. I mean, Michael Pittman, it's really difficult to see from a data perspective how he can justify that. And yet, if you read, I mean, you can't go five minutes. If you're reading about the NFL without seeing that Michael Pittman is you know like gonna have a Cooper Cup type of season. So obviously he can hit some of the other guys in terms of Aaron Jones, Mike Evans, their paths are pretty tricky. Joe Mixon, not a big talent, Javante Williams still dealing with Melvin Gordon. Those guys are not at the same level in terms of looking across their range of outcomes. That you're getting from kelsey adams samuel Kamara, barkley and swift and so i think it's kind of cool that that kind of balances out right you don't get access to the top six stars but you do have a little bit of an advantage in the early second round and for me one of the reasons that you would consider going wide receiver wide receiver at the turn this year is that that tear break after debo samuel and i think you could argue at this point even before him, with how that roster has matured and how much target pressure he's going to be under this year, you could argue that the tear break really happens after Lamb and Adams. It's one of the reasons why I went about it that way, I thought Adam, uh, I thought that Lamb was probably a little bit trendier. He might be a bigger risk to go at the turn, even though in many formats their ADPs are you know slightly swapped there. Lamb has (laughs) this runway to massive volume this year. Devontae Adams has a resume that is just so unmatched. Even if you knock him pretty significantly for playing with Derek Carr, he still justifies being there. Because if he were still with Aaron Rodgers, he would be right up there with Justin Jefferson. So from that perspective, you're getting stars, or you're at least getting upside That cannot be replicated the rest of the second round and in the third round really the exciting receivers that start to come up again are in round five and so from that perspective if you do start wide receiver wide receiver you have an advantage and then especially if you continue to hammer that advantage so that's one of the reasons we talk about can you put yourself in a position where you get six of the top 15 guys you're not going to get six of the top 15 by adp you're trying to get six of the top 15 by scoring and you're thinking, well, if I can't get him by ADP, then it's just going to be luck if I get him by scoring. But you can attack the profiles that have upside. You can attack the profiles that have room to grow and to run. You want to do that. And that's one of the reasons that we keep drafting, right? So you think about how this works. If you're not drafting a team to where your wide receivers can still punish the opponent at the flex position during the bye weeks, then you're not drafting enough wide receivers. If your roster cannot punish the opponent, at the flex positions, during the bye weeks, after you suffered an injury, then you're not drafting enough wide receivers, right? So if you're not drafting a roster that can punish your opponent during the bye weeks, at the flex position, after you have an injury, and after you have a miss, because we're not perfect, right? I mean, you're going to have players that you thought were going to be awesome who turn out to not be <laughs> this year's Debo Samuel. And, you know, you, you've got to have the Debo Samuel in there as well, but you have to draft enough guys that you don't have to be absolutely perfect. That's one of the problems with going running back, running back to start is that suddenly you're thinking, okay, well now within this wide receiver avalanche, I've got to hit on all my receiver picks. And suddenly I get a little bit conservative because I don't want to take a swing and miss. I can't afford that miss with the running backs. I get conservative, my ceiling lowers. I still miss one of the veteran guys gets injured. And suddenly I'm sitting there with a team where I'm comfortable at running back, but I just don't have enough scoring to be the league champion that kind of goes back to those questions you were asking what's wrong with my zero rb team and why are you guys drafting so many wide receivers
1: and the answer is you're you're not drafting enough wide receivers for your zero rb team so uh, i think i'm gonna have to make a clip of that sean and uh, share it around that that last two minutes um hopefully the listeners enjoyed it i thoroughly enjoyed listening to that portion if you want to check out the full article it is up on rotavis.com it will be linked in today's show notes so do check that out but uh, I, I, I thought that was a pretty fun conversation, Sean, diving through it and uh, talking a little bit about the Apex Experts League and how you started out from the 111 over there. If you are signing up to rotaviz.com and you want to get yourself a 10% discount, you can use the code RVRADIO2022 at checkout to get yourself a 10% discount. That will set you up for anything that you're implicitly targeting to do this season of its dynasty basketball redraft. We've got it all covered over at rotaviz.com. Sean is putting out lots of content all the time over in rotowise.com. We have a fantastic team of writers. We talked about it on the show at the end of last week with Michael Dubner's Best Ball Bible up there. We have great work from Connor O'Driscoll. The whole team is really crushing it, and, and Dave Cabe putting in the work behind the scenes with the Rotowise tool. So, all that is included in the Rotowise subscription. Once again, that is a 10% discount with the code RBRadio2022 at checkout this has been another edition of road of his overtime thank you for tuning in hopefully you've enjoyed it you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland you can check out all of sean's work up on roadoviz.com. and until we're back with another show have a good one